It is Sunday, September 20th, 2020, and this is episode 101 of the World of Sports podcast and radio show, short episode edition. Sunday episode of the World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show Short Episode Edition. I'm Zach Rubenstein. Hopefully you're having a good Sunday. It's a little echoey in here. Uh, I'm not doing this in my room at school. I'm doing this in my kitchen or living room, I guess. Um, It's a Saturday night and there's some noise and this is the quietest place in my apartment, so I'm sorry for the echo that you can probably hear. Um, There's nothing I can really do about it. I'm trying to sit as close to the mic as possible um, and that could hopefully help, but uh, yeah, sorry. It's just kind of what happens every once in a while. I might have to do this from time to time, so this might not be the only time. If it is, I'll let you know. So tonight was Game 3 of the Heat-Celtics uh, series. The Celtics won. They're up there. They're now, uh, the Heat are up 2-1. to one. There was also a full slate of college football games today. Um, and by full slate, I mean kind of. Um, and... I'm not going to talk about that, at least now, maybe in another episode. I don't know if I'll hit the late in the week. I might do a second one tonight. We'll see. Uh, but the w- part that I wanted to talk about was something that happened that I kind of came to the realization to. I talked to Charlie for a while about this. Tonight, with one minute and four seconds left in the game, and Boston leading 109 to 101, uh, the Celtics were bringing up the ball. Kemba Walker, the point guard, passed it to the left wing, to Jalen Brown, who caught it and turned. And in the process of turning, he leaned a little bit forward, I guess, to take a dribble step or get into a, I don't know exactly what position he was trying to get in. Um, but he tabbed the ball, raised the ball above his head. And as he pivoted around, he ended up making contact with a member of the Heat in Duncan Robinson. He hit Duncan Robinson, I guess, in the head with an elbow as he came down to bring the ball into the triple threat position. Um, It's called the triple threat position because it's the most versatile position you can have in basketball. It allows you to shoot, dribble, or pass. Now, to be honest, when I saw the the play of this, I thought it was a a no call. Um, The more I saw it, the more I actually thought it should have been a blocking foul. And I know this episode might get a little bit basketball-y. And instead, they called it an offensive foul, reviewed it, and called it a flagrant one. Now, I had a reaction that was one of being floored. This was not what I saw. This is not, I I saw something that was not seemingly the same thing that other people were seeing. So I talked to Charlie about this. I called him and was basically like, are you kidding me? What is this? So let me give you why I thought it was what it was because I have the podcast and I can do that. To me, when I grew up playing basketball, especially even competitively, I was taught that there is a certain amount of space that you have as a player. When you have the ball, and without the ball, by the way. And when you have the ball, you, be ha- you have to have the space for a basketball move. And and there's some exceptions to this. You can get a little bit close as you're, if you're a defender. But if I go to make a basketball move and you are in my personal space, that is a blocking foul. Because you are keeping my, you're taking away my ability to make a basketball move. Now, that extends, in this case, to the play. As Jalen Brown tries to turn around to come kind of, He's kind of making about face and go forward, facing forward into Duncan Robinson. He ends up hitting him in the head. Now, I would argue that, first off, if I were Duncan Robinson, I would have expected to get hit in the face. Um, that comes off really harsh, but the way Duncan Robinson positioned himself, he actually put his leg in between Jalen Brown's 
two legs. And he put his body kind of almost falling backwards. He was at, at an angle leaning back um, so that he was right up against Jalen Brown. Now, to me, he choked off Jalen Brown's ability to make a, a move. Jalen Brown, I don't know if you realize this or not, tried to make the move, brought the ball above his head so that Duncan Robinson couldn't steal it. And in the process, when he when he decided to try to bring it back down, hit him in the face. Now, as Charlie explained to me, and I, I believe him on this one, um, if you make contact with a face like that, if you initiate it with your elbow, it's a it's an offensive foul. They called it a flagrant one, a hostile act, which, again, hostile act to me requires intent, but let's go with the rule here that it doesn't. Um, so textbook, it was by the call. It, it, the call was by the rule book. It took them a while to come to this. They didn't just come to this right away. But I guess I'll give it to them. To me, that is not how I learned it. And, and what I ended up discussing with Charlie was that was that that's the way the game has evolved. And so now the second part of this episode, the main part of this episode, I guess, is the evolution of the NBA. Because to me, there's actually a counter movement to this exact point at the same position, in the same kind of position that I don't like. So one of the things that the NBA did in, if you want to call it response or around the same time to the three-point revolution, if you want to call it that, the time in which players started shooting lots and lots of three-point shots, is that they made a rule that if there's any contact with a jump shooter at any point in their motion, going up or coming down, it's a foul. Now, again, not the NBA I grew up on. And I didn't grow up that long ago. To me, there's always the expectation of going up without a foul. But once the ball leaves your hand, it's not really a foul. And also, it required physical contact and what affected the shot. So if I um, graze your side, I guess, um, with my hand or my hand, you know, falls on your even non-shooting hand sometimes, um, that may not be a foul. In the NBA today, they've they've made this a continuous continuous foul. Now, there's an element of this that's called the James Harden rule, and that actually allows you to step into it and get a foul. It used to be that if you went to initiate the contact, it was not a foul. You can't you couldn't jump forward, you couldn't jump side to side. You had to jump straight up and down. And if someone entered, they call it the cylinder or the sec. I guess the real cylinder is the hoop, but call it like your circle. And if someone enters that circle and they hit you going up, it was a foul. Now, you might say, well, what about coming down? What, what is that deal? Well, I would point you to, I think, the 2015 playoff. Steph Curry makes a heroic three-pointer to, to tie the game and send it to overtime. Or they were in overtime and go to second overtime. He gets clobbered. He shoots the ball. No one touches him. In the aftermath, I don't know who it is, comes down and clobbers him. Runs, him, runs right through him. What I even I thought should have been a foul at the time, not because it was a shot, but just because you ran somebody over. They didn't call it. And to me, I guess that that follows within the, the confines of the rule. I don't like the way the NBA is going in which every single part of physical contact is a foul. I don't like that you can kind of not move without any physical contact and, and have a foul. Now, again, I think there is a sense of of letter of the law versus spirit of the law here. I think that you what they what they need to go back to is the basketball play at a basketball time. If I have the ball and I'm trying to do something with the ball and you get in my way, it's a foul. If you prevent me from doing it, it's a foul. If my hand crosses against your butt or your back slightly, like I'm coming around a screen, my arms flail, I reach out and I and I miss, I swipe at the ball or something and I just hit your butt. 
That's not a foul. That's just the NBA. There's physical contact. What I would have said to this Duncan Robinson play is that Duncan Robinson shouldn't have put his face where the elbow was going to be. And if he did, you know what? You take the consequences with that. To me, if, if Jalen Brown had gone for a shot, he would have gotten fouled, which is also unbelievable. Because Duncan Robinson was in his personal space but would not have hit him coming up. Jalen Brown would have actually hit Duncan Robinson. So for that to be a foul would have also been outrageous. I guess it goes both ways. I guess what I would say is that this is not the NBA that I knew. And by the way, the hostile act part of this, the flagrant one, actually really got me thinking to a play that I didn't even realize was the way it was. So I'm going to take you back to 2004, like early 2005. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are in the playoffs against the Dallas Mavericks. And granted, I was six at the time, and I remember this play exactly. Though I guess I didn't remember exactly how it went down. Joe Johnson of the Phoenix Suns is on a breakaway. Uh, this is near the end of the second quarter. Johnson goes up for a shot. He's defended by Jerry Stackhouse. There's physical body contact. Johnson hangs on the rim for an extra, I don't know, half second. He I, he missed the shot. Comes down, falls right on his face. Now, in my memory, Jerry Stackhouse hit him in the face. I will tell you that upon reviewing it, Jerry Stackhouse did not hit him in the face. Now, I talked about this with Charlie, and if I was the referee at the time, I would have called it a common foul. It would have been, you know, a foul because he got him with the body. And I and that was the way they called it at the time, and I think that was universally agreed upon. But had this been a play today, you would have seen a very different result. First off, you would have seen Jerry Stackhouse at least given a flagrant one. I think there's a chance he could have been thrown out. And while at the time I was ready to, you know, put his head on a stick, I don't feel that way now. Um, and I think to call it a flagrant one would be excessive. To call it a flagrant two would be ludicrous. Um, and therefore, I guess throwing him out would be also ins- it, it also equally insane. Um, but as I talked it through with Charlie, and I'm sure I will have him discuss this at some point also, what what we've real what we talked about has happened in the NBA today is that you can't they're they're trying to avoid contact and injury. Now Jerry Stackhouse was making a play for the ball. He did not have one. So what did he do? He hit Joe Johnson with his body. Unfortunately, Joe Johnson came down on his face. That was not the intention of anybody involved. But what Charlie had said, and, and I guess if I think about that, this is true. They're trying to avoid all contact. They're trying to avoid all injury. They're trying to avoid anything. And I don't like that progression of the NBA. To say that Jerry Stackhouse didn't have a play on the ball, and so he shouldn't even try, to me, is, is goes against what you teach in the NBA. You, If you think you have a play on the ball, which I assure you Jerry Stackhouse thought he did, then you have to take a route for it. You don't give up on a play. right? I just sat here last night. Criticizing the Clippers, I watched the slander all week on them for quitting during a game. Well, you don't quit during a play either. And that's exactly what I would say in this situation. Jerry Stackhouse did not want to quit on that play, and so he made a basketball move, and he made a foul. He hit Joe Johnson with his body. That's a foul. Duncan Robinson was trying to make a good defensive play. He got very close. In fact, he got too close. And when Jalen Brown hit him, while I thought it should not have been the call that it was, they decided that it was an, uh, a, an, a flagrant foul, which to me was the same kind of play. It was a basketball move, and to me it should not have been flagrant. It should not have been excessive. To me, in both situations, they were going to try to stop the injuries entirely, and you can't do that. 
Injuries happen in games, unfortunately. Injuries happen in contact sports. Contact happens in contact sports. Now, if there was an issue with concussions or head injuries, then I then I could guess I could, I guess I get you saying, well, maybe we need rules about head and neck or something like that because we need to stop these head and neck contact injuries. But that's not what happened here. There was none of that. This was not a, a head or neck problem. This was just a, a, a two guys going for the ball. Um, or it, it, in the Jerry Stackhouse play, it was two guys going for the ball. And in the Duncan Robinson play, it was Duncan Robinson being kind of aggressive. Now, Charlie asked me, you know, would you be upset if you got hit in the face in that play if you were Duncan Robinson? The answer is no. The answer is no. If you put your face in a place that can get hit and you get hit in the face, you don't complain. You don't get mad at the player who hit you. You might get mad at the ref for not giving you the call. You might even think you deserve the call. But to be honest, if Duncan Robinson gave him half inch, you know, half inch more, half foot more, six, seven, eight, ten inches a foot, he would have not only been in a better, better defensive position to stop a, uh, a shot or a pass or a dribble, I think that he would have been in better position to not get hit in the face. And you can say, well, he drew the offensive foul and worked. Maybe. But if he doesn't get hit in the face, there's a chance Jalen Brown blows right around him. There's a chance he just passes the ball off, and there's nothing Duncan Robinson can do. To be honest, it's not even great defensive positioning. It's very aggressive, and it's very close, and it's probably why the Heat have been able to win. I've seen them get a lot of these calls. But to me, that's not how the NBA should be, and that's not how the NBA used to be. And this is not about the like heat. This is not about the hip check or the hand check stuff that used to exist where— you know, the reach and foul has been more extreme than it ever was. To me, that was that was an aspect of the game that made it that, that that tried to get your hands up as opposed to out. So the play was called a hand check. And to me, what the what the point of the hand check was to was to do was to keep people from reaching around and hitting where your hip is or where your, you know, ribs are, try to hit you. That that was essentially what it was. You would reach in and you would kind of force contact in there. And to me, the NBA tried to stop that. Because they wanted people to go hands up more, hands, you know, across, um, as opposed to in and out, you know, length, and as opposed to they wanted length and width, maybe, you know, out against, out around your body, and doing hand signals that no one can see, um, and up and down. They they wanted you to kind of move your hands not towards and away from people. Now, if you put your hands out to the side, you're probably going to get called for a foul. They want you to still go up, but if you go hands to the side, if you go hands out of out in front of you, it's going to work out very differently than hands to the side, and that's what the hip check or sorry hand check call was meant to be. It was meant to stop that hand movement and get your hands up and down and get kind of a a less unnecessarily physical part of the game. It didn't require that. The game was trying to modernize, become sleeker, and. It was actually, to me, the fouls were meant to change people's ways, not necessarily stop, you know, play every 25 seconds or stop people from being able to make moves. It was just to kind of, it was meant to teach. It was meant to kind of teach through, well, for a while, we're going to call this. And to be honest, it worked. In the mid-2000s, in the late 2000s, in the early 2010s, and even to today, there's not a lot of hand-checking situations anymore. Guys, don't do it. They get called for it in AAU. They get called for it in middle school and in, in, in the regular high school leagues, and they don't do it. And definitely in college, they don't do hand checks. It just doesn't exist. Every once in a while, there's a hand check call here or there or a reach in a certain way that's a little bit different than we're used to. 
but they've they've actually that part's been eliminated. And to me, that was the reason they did it. In the air of the three point shot, though, they've made it so any contact is a foul, and whoever initiates it gets the foul call, even when they really shouldn't. So anyway, I know I'm rambling a little bit. Um, thank you for listening. We will get to the hundredth episode special. Uh, in a bit, but thank you for listening and I will see you tomorrow for another episode of the World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show Short Episode Edition.